day that destiny culminated where Jesus was crucified, and it's good news, amen? It's not bad news. It's good news. The gospel is good news. So we just want to welcome everyone, and, and uh, we're excited about everything that's going to happen here tonight. And uh, since the order of service is going to be a little different, we're going to go ahead tonight and receive tithes and offerings first. Uh, we don't want to disrupt the flow, and once we get going and everyone's praying and, and, and the things that we have planned for tonight, we don't want to disrupt that. So we're going to receive our tithes and offering tonight. And uh, we have a white envelope and we have a yellow envelope, white envelope for tithes and offerings. The yellow is for a special offering, and we are doing an offering for um, our parking lot. And um, we're going to be raising that, so if you want to pray and ask God what you would give for that, we're going to do that too tonight. But how many love Jesus? We got some Jesus lovers in here? (laughs) Amen. I love Jesus. You know... um, God so loved us, he gave. God so loved, he gave. And uh, we love God, so we give. Amen. God loved us, he, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's the least we can do to give of our time, talent, and treasure, right? So we, we're going to give tonight joyfully, expectantly, um, and in response to what God has done for us, because he's given us the greatest gift that humanity could ever ask for. He gave us his son. Amen. So we can have the deacons come. If you need an envelope, you can raise your hand. I think they're in the back of the the pews. Um, But deacons come, and we're going to receive tonight's tithes and offering and and start the service and worship Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for givers, hungry, expectant givers, lovers of Jesus. Lord, we give tonight because you've given. You've given us everything, and everything that we have, Lord, is in response to what you've given us. So we freely offer, Lord, of our tithes and of our offering. We give, Lord, because we love you. Receive this offering. Take it, bless it, break it, and multiply it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Are we going to bring the offerings? Okay, we're bringing offerings. So let's come up and worship the Lord with our giving. Hello and good evening. Welcome to tonight's Good Friday service. I hope it all finds you well. Tonight we will be speaking from the perspective of five very important characters who were all present at the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. I will be your narrator tonight as we go through the story. So please, if you would, come with me as we take a journey to the cross.
your heart, you know you can't deny it. Come on, lose your life just so you can find it. The Father gave His only Son just to save us. The earth was shaking. Matthew 26, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus subtly and kill him. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came unto Jesus, saying unto him, Where will thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even has come, he sat down with his twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It has been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many of the remission of sin. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of this vine until the day when I shall drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sang a hymn, they went out unto the Mount of Olives.
stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay when I cannot stand I'll fall on you oh Jesus you're my hope and stay And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with sword and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, 
Wherefore art thou come? And they came, and they laid hold on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them that were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword unto his place, for all that they that take a sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest that that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? In the same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out against a thief with swords and staves to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and yet ye laid no hold on me. But all of this was done that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed them from afar off under the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see it until the end. Now Peter sat without in the palace And a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied them, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, yet another maid saw him and said unto him that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know that man. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art also one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not that man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which was said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, and he began to weep bitterly. Cross meant to kill. 
can't escape its grip in you my soul is safe you cover everything oh your love was bled for me oh your blood and crimson streams oh your death is hell's defeat oh a cross meant to kill is my And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priest and the elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. My heart is uneasy. I, I just can't shake this feeling that something awful is going to happen. See, I had a dream, but it, it's not just any dream. It was a dream so real that when I woke up, I felt like I was still dreaming. My dream was very vivid, and it never ceased me all night. I woke up, and I fell asleep many times to this exact same dream. I suffered all night with seeing a man a man that they call King of the Jews. But I know this man is innocent. S somehow I must tell my husband to have nothing to do with that man. He's innocent, and I know it. But will my husband believe me? Do I even have the courage or strength to tell him? fear if I say nothing that this man will never leave me nor my family. 
See, I've never meddled in my husband's business before because that's not my place. But I feel so strongly about this that I must speak to Pilate. I wonder if he feels the same way about this Jesus. I will send him a message, and he can choose what to do. My beloved husband, Pilate, please have nothing to do with this innocent man. In my dreams last night, I suffered much from him. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it to thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto this world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith to them, I find no fault in him at all. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. son. I, I can't see him. I can't see him. No, no, this really isn't happening. This really isn't happening. Oh, oh, I see. I see you, my beautiful one. I see you. Why, why isn't somebody helping him? Why isn't somebody helping him with that cross? Oh, my heart, it hurts so much. Oh, dear God, dear God. You fill me with such hate, only to let me see him suffer so. I, I don't understand. I, why isn't somebody helping him? Oh, oh they just, they grab, they, they, they grab with the crowd. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. one to go through the pain of birth only to watch the suffering of the flesh and care for my feet and I ask myself would I have been so willing had I known what had happened 
Oh, how precious the love you hold for me. God, God, he's crying out to you. Help him, help him. Everybody stop mocking him. Stop it. I just want to scream, but I can't. I can't. Oh, it hurts so deeply. Oh, my darling son. Your last breath. Our last heartbeat together. My son. Pilate therefore went again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and a purple robe, and Pilate saith unto him, Behold this man. When the chief priest, therefore, and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And the Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was more afraid. And went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speaketh thou not unto me? Knowest not that I have the power to crucify thee, or the power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from henceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement. But in the Hebrew... Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he said unto the Jews, Behold, your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus, and they led him away. And as they had came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. I stood in the street filled with people. What was going on? People who were angry and shouting as they watched men carry a cross they soon would be crucified on. I had seen so many crucified, but this time it seemed different. There was a man who was beaten severely, so severely I could barely recognize him as human. He bore the weight of the cross as if it were the entire world on his shoulders. Then I heard a soldier yell to me. The man had fallen. The weight of the wooden beam was crushing him. Then the soldier told me 
to carry the cross for the man. At that very moment, a thousand thoughts ran through my mind. Am I able to carry the cross? Why me? What if I refuse? What will they do to me? Is this even right? How long do I have to carry it? Then I looked at the man's eyes, and I knew something was different. It was as if he could see who I truly was. The world stood still, and all was silenced in that second. I knew I had to carry the cross. I knew I was meant to. And somehow, I knew it would be an honor to bear the same weight for those moments. A few moments for this man to gather his thoughts and to speak his last words. The beam was heavy. His blood is on me. He needs me to slow down. I need to get him there. I can't help but feel that in bearing this cross for him, even for a few moments, will somehow, some way, play a role for all eternity. Life is mine to live 
took the blame He bore the wrath we stand forgiven at the cross He took the blame And when they were coming to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. There were two thieves that were crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and build it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we shall believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness all over the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard it, said, This man calleth for Elijah. And straightway one of them ran. They took a sponge and filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Jesus was just killed. They actually condemned him and crucified him. Those religious leaders were just jealous. He didn't play by their rules. And I can't believe that the crowds bought into it. Me, I really thought he was the Messiah. I thought he was going to, not sure how. Maybe by miracles, maybe by raising people up, I thought he was gonna get us out of this oppression and get the Romans out of here. Clear and cleanse the land. I thought we, the true Israel, would have our nation back again. I don't know, now I've lost hope. I feel foolish for thinking any of that would happen. And all of, 
that I followed him for, now that he's dead, it's not going to happen. I'm confused. Maybe the miracles were not what they seemed to be. Maybe his teachings weren't anything really at all except a good story. I don't know what to do. I gave my life up for this. So yeah, I'm angry at him. I followed that man for nothing. And of course, I denied knowing him. In a way, I guess I condemned him to death too. But I was scared that they would kill me also. He told me I would do it. I guess he got to know me like he could see right through me. All this bravado really isn't any bravado at all. I can't believe I did it. And now that he's dead, I have no way of making it right. I mean, he's not the Messiah. He can't be. Everyone knows that the Messiah can't be killed. If nothing else, he was a good man. Maybe even a great man. But he was my teacher, my friend. I'm so confused about him. And he didn't deserve that from me. I'm worried this may not be all over. They may still come for us, the ones who followed him and all of our families and kill us all too. I'm scared. I'm not sure what this mob will do. Maybe I need to hide for a while. Maybe I need to find my family. I wonder what the others are doing right now. It's hard to even think about this, but now I'm not sure what to do. I figured I was going to get a place of leadership in what I thought Jesus was going to set up in this new nation, this new kingdom. I guess I can always go back and fish again if I make it that far. But to do that would be so embarrassing. Certainly, everyone will think that I'm an idiot for following in him and believing in him. Just not And behold, the veil of the temple was rent, and twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake, and all those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Once again, I look upon the cross where you Once again, I thank you. Once again, I pour out my. 
Jesus Christ Think upon your sacrifice You became nothing Poured out to death and Many times I wondered at your gift of life And I'm in that place once again Once again, once again, I look upon the cross where you died, humbled by your mercy, and I'm broken inside. Once again, I thank you. Once again, I pour out my life. claiming to be the son of God, but which God? I don't know. I guess the God of these Israelites, but I don't know much about him. See, I oversaw his execution. We pierced him with a spear. Maybe a little bit unusual. We didn't have to break his legs to bring supplication. But that wasn't the only thing that was unusual, and it was a bit worrisome. The sky had darkened, the earth, it shook, and it scared people. It scared me. But see, this Jesus wasn't defiant. It was strange. He didn't really resist at all. I've seen lots of executions. I've been in charge of a few myself, but he acted different than anyone I could recall. He had cried out once asking why he had been forsaken. But what struck me the most was, while hanging on that cross, he asked for forgiveness for them, saying that we did not know what we were doing. Who was that for? For the ones who condemned him? For the soldiers that executed him? And what is forgiveness really anyway? He said that. Some of the soldiers divided up his clothes. 
he had mocked. I guess I mocked him myself. But in my mind, I could not get away from what he said. Forgive them. Then later, the darkness and, and the earth shaking, and, and he died. And it just sort of came out of me. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure the purpose. I was scared. But I said, surely he was righteous. Surely he was the son of God. And I think... I think I really believe that. As people beheld the cross that day, there was much confusion in the interpretation of what was taking place. It was fulfillment of one of over 3,000 prophecies concerning this one man, this one event. Isaiah asked the great question 700 years before, and he says, Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we should see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Isaiah says, who would believe our report? He says, he is despised, he is rejected of men a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath bore our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted for some type of evil. But he was wounded, in reality, for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the cost, the price of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we have been healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid upon him our iniquities, none of his own. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. He was brought as a lamb into the slaughter and as a sheep before shears and dumb, and he opened not his mouth. He was taken from the prison, from the judgment seat. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cast out of the land of the living for the transgressions of God's people was he stricken. He has made his grave with the wicked by choice and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased our God to bruise him and he hath put him to grief and thou shalt make his soul as an offering for sin and he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days 
and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. We shall see the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied with his sacrifice. And of his knowledge shall he, his righteous servant, justify many, and he shall bear the iniquities of nations. Therefore, I will divide him, says God, with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and we are, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many, and he made intercessions for those that could not make it for themselves. John the Baptist sees him, and he cries out, Jesus, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. It was said by a high priest during that day that you know nothing. Do you not understand that there must be one taken from among us and that he should die for the sins of many that we as God's people could stand before God as if we had never transgressed the laws of Moses? He said, you understand very little. Little did he know that he was prophesying of the death of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, 7 speaks to us in this. It is in this Christ Jesus that we have redemption through his blood. We even have the forgiveness of our past sins according to the riches of of the grace that he has brought to our life. Wherein that we should abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which God hath purposed in himself. We have been redeemed. Ephesians 2.11 says these words about us before we knew Christ. According to the eternal purpose of God, which he purposed to be fulfilled and carried out by one Jesus Christ, whom we call our personal Lord, in whom we have the boldness and access with confidence by faith that he has produced in our life. Wherefore, I have desired that you do not faint at the tribulation that I have for you, which is for your glory. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in the heaven and in the earth is named, that he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man, so that Christ himself may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you being enrooted and grounded in that deep, unknowledgeable, un sensible love that we may be able to comprehend maybe just the edges of the depth, the height, the length, and the width of it all. And to come to know the love of Christ in some way, in some manner, which passes all knowledge that we might begin to be filled with the fullness of God's purpose and his adoption plan. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory 
in the church by Jesus Christ through all the ages, the world without end. Amen. Ephesians 3.18 tells us that we, when we look at the cross, can only catch a short glimpse of the depth of the love of God. It is beyond human comprehension that one that did not deserve, but one would purpose to die for all. He who knew no sin died for us, who knew and were bound by that sin. Good Friday. I don't know where the name Good Friday came from, but it is certainly a Good Friday for you and I. It was good that God saw us helpless, hopeless, powerless against sin. It was good that God purposed to send someone to die on our behalf. It was good that God received the blood of Jesus Christ shed on a hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. It was good that God received that blood. It was good that God received the price due the wages of the death. It was good that God forgave us of our sins. It was good that God brought us into his family. It was good that God opened our eyes that we might behold the cross, that we could believe the report of the Lord, that we could have our ears opened, our hearts opened, our lives transformed, and grace could abound to us. It was good on our behalf. This is the day that we celebrate that Jesus Christ died for our sins. But tonight we have sought just to bring you some moments of reflection. Moments that you could reflect upon your life and say, what must have went through the minds of those that saw him carry the cross? The minds of those Later, a week, a month, a year, two years of a soldier that held the lash. A soldier that out of some way of joking and demeaning made a crown that he did not understand he was making. About the man that slapped him on the face and said, prophesy to us man that smote him on the head with a reed. A man that took his garment and cast a lot. What were the thoughts and the reflections of those men years later when maybe someone in their family was transformed, was saved? When they walked across the road that maybe had led to Calvary and they remembered I remembered years ago, I was in that group that led that man. I can't get him out of my mind. I can't get his face out of my mind. He, as it were, haunts me and beckons me to believe. We've sought to just cause you to think, to reminisce, not just to walk through what we would call a holy day, it is a day that we do celebrate. Certainly it is holy for the believer. It is a day that we have marked 
that this was a monumental day in our life in the plan and the purpose of God through his son Christ Jesus. Let us reminisce from tonight to Easter Sunday morning when we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Will you please stand to your feet? Father, we believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. As he bowed his head and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. Father, it's been hidden from them. They've not seen it. It's not entered into their hearts or into their ears yet, God. But one day, men that will look at the cross and believe will tell the story. They will tell it in its simplest form. Jesus Christ loved you so much that he came to the world to die on a cross, being rejected and forsaken of all men, yet beloved of God in the heart of his will. Whose report will you believe? God, we thank you today. We thank you for your sacrifice of your son. We thank you, God, for his blood. The blood that transformed the world, transcend years and centuries of sin, and made a path and a place for sinners to bow a knee and to say, I believe. If you are here tonight, we're going to pray a simple prayer, all of us. But if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, if you're here tonight and you're a backslider, I don't care how you come into the building. I don't care how you got here. God doesn't care. What he does care is that you reconnect to the cross. Well, everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe the report of the Lord. I believe that he bore my transgressions and my iniquities. I believe that by his stripes I have been healed. I believe that his blood has brought redemption for me. I believe that his blood has forgiven me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he is Lord of all. I give my life to you, Jesus, today. And I thank you for your salvation. Amen and amen. Now, if this was the first time that you've ever prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I want you to raise your hand and let me say, see it. Just say, Pastor, that's the first time I've been a sinner all my life. But tonight I received Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. Anybody, raise your hand. I want to see it. Right, there you go. Thank you. Good, good. Praise God. Make sure you tell two or three people before you leave the building. Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, our sunrise service will be a miracle service. It'll be a communion service. 
And I just encourage you to come between the uh, Sunday morning service, the sunrise service, and the 10 o'clock service is going to be a free breakfast from Panera. But I do encourage you to come. And if you aren't from this church, I encourage you to find a church to get into Sunday. Break the habit of being an Easter and Christmas and Jesse Duplantis Christmas Christian. Just devote yourself to Jesus. Amen? And become faithful to the house of God. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, seeing that the day is drawing nigh. People, we live for Jesus. We don't live out of convenience. He died for us. We should live for him. Amen? God bless you. See you Sunday morning. Man to kill is my victory.